G'day guys, Dan here with another episode of the Video Business Accelerator podcast. I'm excited. This is the second part of a three-part series I'm doing with my good friend and former host of our podcast from 2012, uh, Mick Jones. Um, And this week we're going to be talking about content. While we're on the subject of content, I have just been doing some really cool new things with LinkedIn working with a guy called Stephen Parachov uh, in New York, who's at the leading edge of LinkedIn profiles and LinkedIn selling without having to spend money on ads. And uh, I'd love if you were to connect with me on LinkedIn and uh, and just check me out and, and also connect me and tell me that you listen to the podcast because I'd love to know who's listening and what you'd like us to do more of. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Dan Lenny. Uh, you can find me, I'm pretty sure, by just Googling that. Um, but anyway, back to this week's episode of the podcast. Mick is a very, very good old friend of mine. We've done loads of stuff together. And uh, this week, we're going to talk, start digging into content and the power of self-generated content. Because the whole industry has moved away from that whole broadcast space into a content-driven environment. So check it out and let us know what you think in the comments. Welcome to the Video Business Accelerator Podcast. Each week, we uncover the secrets to creating a wildly successful and scalable video production business with your host, Dan Lenny. Discover how the Accelerator program is transforming the lives of our members at www.videobusinessaccelerator.com. Enjoy this episode. Back with Mr. Michael Jones of Filthy Look Films here in Sydney, Australia. Michael, we were last episode. We were starting to go into the whole idea of a content model, mm. and that was something that you've been talking about for some time. And I know you and Steve Weiss have spent a lot of time talking about this at various events about how long form web based content was going to be the way forward. Mm. Talk to me about Filthy Look and and your strategy for content and how that's evolved over the last five, 10 years. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned in the last episode that we did that the nature of what I do has changed um, from sort of being gun for hire post-production or camera work into where I really want to move and what I'm doing more work on is complete and end-to-end production, co- providing a finished piece of content that can be uh, put on a server or streamed or on a network. That, to me, is where there's value to be had because there's so many people competing in the space for um, camera work or sound work or editing work. It's, it's. I would say the market's flooded with people who want to do it and- as we said before, there's a lot of content being made, and there's a, but there's even more people competing to make the same amount of content as a, as a link in the chain. What I want with my company is to provide the like be basically a content studio, not a gunfire crew, which is where I've made most of my income over the last fifteen years is being gunfire crew member, but dabbling in. Always, you know, my ultimate ambition is to be a filmmaker in the in the sense of completing an entire project, not just being one part of the crew. So, I would say that 
that's the growth area for me. And I'm working on a three-part short-form documentary series at the moment that will um, that I'm writing, directing, and um, just fi- finishing the whole the whole job. Now I find those really good projects to get into because it's not small little bits and pieces, and it gives me a a chance to focus on something creatively over a period of time. It's a two month end to end from two months from concept to delivering the final product. And are you self-funding this or is this an actual commission? Oh, it's the commission. Yeah. Yeah. This is for Viceland, um, which is in Australia. It's on SBS. And um, yeah, I won't, I can't give too many more details about it, but yeah, it's short form, three doc, three short documentaries. So that work does exist. Yes. Yeah. And for me, that work has come about through not so, and not just this job specifically, but I'll, I'll talk about this kind of work in the broader sense. It's come about for me through having long, long term friendships and relationships and trusted business and creative relationships in the, production industry i just want to pause there for a second because that's something that's so critical the 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 influx of people who wanting to do this Mm -hmm. is actually i think good for the industry Mm because there's a lot of there's plenty of work Mm -hmm. but the one thing that i've observed coaching video producers is especially if they're less experienced is they have no patience to understand that relationships take three six nine months or longer to, mm. to grow and mature. What's your experience been? What advice would you give someone who's perhaps at the beginning of that journey to, to learn to deploy some patience in the fact that you can't just ring somebody up and go, hey, I'm a filmmaker. I do all this stuff. Book me. Like mm. it can take months and years to form really yeah. strong relationships. Well, there's, you know, in a sense, as a society, everyone wants instant gratification, instant results. I want to be. I want to be at the end of the road. I want to be at the level of success now. I want it now. And we've had, we, we have that in society in our life now, instant gratification. We don't have to wait for anything. We don't have to wait for a movie to be on at the theaters or we can get Uber Eats delivered to the home. Everything's just instant, constantly. So relationships don't work like that though. We're still human and we've still got to earn trust, build trust over time. Um, Sure, you can go out there and you can just absolutely like graft and just knock on a, a thousand doors a day and you're going to, it's a numbers game. You're going to get some jobs. Then you've got to start working out which ones of those are relationships that you want to nurture. If you are thinking about long-term future, it's something that I can look back in re- in retrospect, but it was a different industry back then too. It was very much um, patience was key. Things took, even production itself took time. You had to shoot things and have them transferred and run dub tapes with time code in them to lo- even look at back at what had been shot on a thing. The whole process of even production took way longer. You, it's just um, patience is something that filmmaking has always been required and good quality filmmaking now still, none of that's ever changed. Like technique and patience and, and, and talent – required and all that hasn't changed but everything else about the instant nature of it has so people can get lost in that and kind of with that instant gratification instant result think that that should apply to their careers as well i've noticed um and 
you you're just going to burn out. You know, you got to, You've got to just play the long game. Plus, don't you think that that in terms of creating content and how long that takes to create and curate, but also the the long tail of when you start to put that content out, people don't. You don't get massive following straight away. It takes time. We're actually in a place now where we produced a hundred videos as an experiment that we stuck out on five social media channels. And we've been through the first round of 100 videos. So we're just putting them out again. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And the first round, we got some pretty good traction on Facebook. Absolutely nothing on Instagram and Instagram TV. Zero. What's really interesting is the second round, mm-hmm. we're starting to get some traction on Instagram TV. Mm-hmm. People are messaging me saying, love this content. Or, hey, if you're going to be at year, drop by our booth. We'd love to talk to you. Mm. Blah, 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 blah. And then we're also seeing a lot of traction on LinkedIn. But it's, I could have given up after the first hundred videos and gone, oh, Instagram doesn't work for us. Mm. Um, and I know that you've had a lot of success on Instagram. So what's, what's your experience on, on creating content? I mean, let's go there. Your Instagram account, I think we did an event together maybe three, four years ago. I think you had like 15,000 Instagram followers at that point, maybe 20,000. You're oh, now up to sort of 60 odd thousand. It's 54 now, but it's, it's stagnated. They, they, right. the, the thing with the social media platforms is they, they change the algorithms. They change the game all the time because ultimately this is a free bit of software that they just give to everyone. They want to make some money in the end. So if you, time it right with a social media platform and they used to be coming out all the time we're down to we're down to three staples right facebook twitter and instagram and facebook and instagram are the same company you know we keep every every now and then we get these new is it going to be was it vero or is it there was vine and there was there all these other things and periscope and snapchat's a thing i guess as well but the the features of snapchat they, Instagram's Facebook just go, we'll, we'll have that now. You don't need to. And people are like, it's exhausting to build an audience yeah. over and over again. Every time a new app comes out, starting from scratch to build that audience, people are like, no, I've got the audience here on Facebook or wherever it is. I'm just going to stick with this. And I think that's their strength. I'm not- you, you, I, think, I think I remember talking to you about this three or four years ago. You made a definite decision to go down the Instagram route and create curated content every week. And that's... That's kind of what you've done. And I've seen it grow and grow and grow and grow. Mm. Yeah, definitely what I we made a conscious choice to use Instagram as a, basically as a. It's like a showcase. A showcase of your work and, and to just stay top of mind with potential, with existing clients and hopefully new people can discover you on there. And, you know, we've sort of said how. Is there's, there's there's a lot of value in just reminding your existing clients that you're still around. You know, that's gold. You, that's absolute gold. You it, it sometimes it just takes this nudge that you uh, something you did pops up in their feed and they go, oh, we got this. Actually, we have got something coming up that that he'd be perfect for. And that's sort of because people forget because they're busy. They're busy and they're just like, oh, who could we get to do this? Who who does something like this? And then then you pop up in their feed. So it's a daily sort of weekly thing of. Putting putting something out there, content, and you know, just even if it's and know. and you put it, is it a piece of content a day? Is it five days a week? How how have you it's structured sort of changed? It? Um, it's like um, yeah, photo a day was kind of the goal, but it's sort of, I, I've honestly lately taken a bit more 
put not as much emphasis on it because of looking at the interaction of it when whenever they change these algorithms and I've grown a bit cynical of it. The audience is still there, but they want you to pay to reach them. Mm. So even if you, they well, say- it's what Facebook have done. So it figures they'll do the same on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So which is fine, but I've also experimented with that. And this is I don't want to get into a whole Instagram bashing thing because it's not really what it's about. That I get they're they're a business. They got to do what they're doing, but. I find that even when you pay to try and get the results, as in, can we get uh, reach the audience that we built ourselves, even with pay? It's not really. Yeah, I find exactly the same on there. Facebook. Um, You're paying the sixty bucks for a, a week, so worth of promotion, and it still doesn't reach the, the people yeah. that have actually said they like your account. Yeah. So working out what, how to go forward, and just with that. incidentally, we'll never, we'll never figure that out because no. they're never going to tell us. No, there's too much at stake, you know, in terms of. Control and power. I also believe they're growing so rapidly; they they're literally spiraling out of control internally. They just they're just like literally firefighting the whole time. That's my guess. Mm. Um, but look, you know, let's keep this positive as you as you rightly said. Instagram for you, you built up. How did you do it? How did you get from zero to fifty four thousand followers? Um, that was through. Doing a bit of research. Sorry, folks. The gardener's just decided to uh, rattle his. Uh, his oh, I don't know if it's coming through. Is here, it? Though. Well, I can hear it, but never mind. It doesn't matter. Just we're just we're just referencing it for the viewer for the, for the audience. Anyway. Painting a picture for painting them. a picture. The, the wheelie bins are coming in. Yeah. So it was just doing a bit of research on techniques to grow an audience, and it was you know back then it was put content out frequently, put a photo up a day, use use your hashtags that are relevant to what's in your photo and the audience you want to attract and then go find those hashtags and other people that have hashtagged their content with it and like their pictures and go on a like spree. So basically I'd sit there for 10, 20 minutes at a time just scrolling and liking. Every, every day. Yeah, yeah. So when, Whenever I could, yeah. And scroll and uh, like all these pictures. And if you, so if you like a thousand pictures that are hashtagged, bicycles a percentage of them will see that you've liked it and maybe come and look at your account and then a percentage of them will follow you back or follow your account and would you go and then follow those accounts no not necessarily Um, it's not a kind of follow for follow basis well that no i I didn't take that approach um because otherwise i'd be following 50 essentially you you were just being social yeah. You're investing and investing time. Because I think what's really key here is that you just sat down for 20 minutes a day and were social. Mm. Actually put some effort in. Still, you know, that's I've looked at some other people's Instagrams that are growing, like um, Dean Lewis, who's... A uh, good friend of yours. A good friend and uh, a musician who... We had a lot of discussion around his Instagram and, and when it was growing. And he's just taken it to a whole other level, I think... A year ago, he was at about ten to 15,000 followers, and I think he's at 200,000 now. I mean, there's a lot going on there. Um, I've also... he He's really good at just constantly putting out... Interacting. His key thing that I think that really grew a fan base for him on Instagram was he interacts with them, and he comments, and when they ask him a question, he answers it, and he's gracious and grateful for the following because you see plenty of accounts where people ask questions and it's just it's like tumbleweed yeah and and yeah. that's something i noticed you've done as well you've yeah. diligently gone and responded to virtually everybody that you can mm, yeah 
sometimes it's impossible to do because you might be busy doing something else and you can't you can't get on it for that day but I do make an effort to if someone's asked a question about a photo that they've seen in there they're like what what lighting did you use for this or what lens did you use just go and answer it you know because that just sort of helps build it's building a relationship of sorts and if you can do that with enough people it does it's time it's very you got to be patient with it you know there's not really a shortcut to do it people can buy followers and all that sort of stuff but kind of pointless but the other thing that i noticed is that whilst you know you're building that content to attract potential people who will hire you Mm. a big majority of your followers are just avid enthusiastic filmmakers or other filmmakers and and what i've always admired about you mick is that you will answer every what can be a seemingly stupid question or an obvious question you still go in very graciously and answer that even though that person is probably never going to hire you Sure, yeah, yeah. I think what I want to do with that audience now in in light of what we were talking about before about providing content is that my plan is to start making content specifically for that audience. I've got an audience of over 50,000 people that are interested in filmmaking and it it's the idea of now b- building self-funded content on the back of funded content you know, or so say I'm doing, um, say I'm shooting a, a web series for someone. What kind of content can I get out of that personally to feed my account with original content? Well, I could, if I was on a five day web series shoot, I could kind of like go, oh, we're going to set up an indoor lighting nighttime scene and I'm going to use these lenses and I'm going to use this kind of technique. And that's content, video content that I can make for that audience that's going to engage them. Putting up great images isn't what, you know, that's the other thing is figuring out what the audience you want to grow. What do you want them to be? Do you want them to be customers? Do you want them to be colleagues? Do you want them to be clients? You know, it kind of grows organically and you don't really always get the choice. People will latch on to something that they've seen and it can spread like like that. And how, and how much, you know, I think you remember you saying to me a while ago that, that one of the advantages of the Instagram account is that you've created a lot of your own content with a very specific look and clients or prospects have gotten in touch saying, we loved that look. Can we get yeah. you to do something similar? Mm. How much of that has happened in the last five or six uh, years? A lot like that. Um, it's really f- something that I've noticed just as a the way that production goes. When you're hired by an agency or a client, you've got to sort of achieve their vision and you can kind of, it might not exactly be to your taste. It's still good quality work. But it sort of starts to fall into a category. I've found that when I just create my own content, the way that I want it to look, the technique that I want to use to do it, and it's just purely how I want it to be, that is the biggest calling card I get for new prospective work, where people use use my own work and say, we, we like the look of that. We'd like something that falls into that look or feel. And that's really good. It's kind of reaffirming too that you, you, you're you on the right track and to trust your own style and your own in- instincts about it. But you don't always get to express it because you, you're on as part of the job. You, you've got a creative brief from someone else that you need to fulfill. Of course, you put your own spin on it and your own taste into it. But at the end of the day, it's falling into a framework of, of what the client wants. And I find that the stuff that stands out the most is the stuff that I got to just have free reign on and put my own style in top to bottom. That's what is... The, the, has the best value currency for for me getting work. So, in, in summary, 
the Instagram road has been one of a lot of effort, mm. consistency with with the quality of images. I remember coming to your office one time and and you were sitting there for like an hour grading up the five images for Instagram that week. So you, mm. you're very particular about not putting shit out. It's mm. always something that's curated. Yeah, it's definitely. that. Got to put the effort in. It's it's again the type of audience you want if you're if you're turning the camera on yourself and you're talking to camera and you're vlogging that's one type of content for me it's been um you know taking photos that involve technique and on set situations and making them look nice and but it also fun. shows the level of production you work towards which mm. is generally studio based always with a gaffer big stuff Mm. You know, Eurovision Song Contest promos. It's like there's a whole heap of stuff there. Mm. But, you know, I saw a corporate you were doing the other day just in an office. Yeah. But again, same kind of deal. Big flags, scrims, you know, um, mm. big lights. It, it's all about a certain level of quality, which is very, very clear. If someone wants to investigate working with you, they look at your Instagram channel. They can see, yeah. you know, this is not going to be a $2,500 job. It's going to be more like ten or fifteen or $20,000 because it's a bigger deal. But yeah. Do you find that kind of in some way helps to pre-qualify the kind of people you get inquiries from? Well, yeah, it it does. People, even back before Instagram, when I would put self-made behind-the-scenes videos out about music videos that I'd be doing or whatever and put them on Vimeo, people would see that and kind of see how the crew works together, what kind of gear we use, how, how big the production is or how it sort of flows. And people were attracted to working in that way. Um, it it sort of manages expectations. Like you can see just by looking at it, oh, these are this is kind of the how we run a set or the kind of style that we work in, how big the production footprint is, and they get a, an idea of what to expect from that, which is really good. That's really valuable because people have a sense of they can they've come and they've looked at your Instagram and they can kind of go, oh, they do this kind of work and that kind of work. Oh yeah, they they can kind of get an idea of what to expect. You've been listening to the Video Business Accelerator podcast with your host, Dan Lenny. If you are a video business owner who is tired of going it alone and would benefit from mentorship, support, and weekly accountability, then mouse over to www.videobusinessaccelerator.com to learn more about how the Accelerator program can help you today. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show over on iTunes. And we'd really appreciate you taking a few minutes to leave a review.